Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about turning uniformed skeptics into trusting partners with the help of special guest Aaron Gakey of Cross in San Antonio, Texas. Alongside Tim Fowler, I am your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. The episode we're recording today uh, came from a listener, wanted to know, like, how do I make sure my clients know what's in the scope and in the plans? And we've done one episode already. And we're doing another one today. So the whole point of that comment was send your ideas in. It really helps me out, find good guests, find good topics. And so I really appreciate that. Send to Tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So as I've already said, a listener sent me in this email asking a really, really important question. Like, how do we know, how do we get the client to know uh, what they're getting, because every one of us has been on a job somewhere where the client said something like, I didn't know that, or no one told me that, or even though we think it's pretty clear, it's crystal clear to us what the plans say or what the scope says to the client, it's obviously uh, confusing. So, you know, some people might say, well, just get them to sign everything. Well, we all know that a signature doesn't always mean what they either read it or they understood what they're read. Just think of all those uh, times you've clicked past uh, the acceptance on a software package. Did you read the whole thing? No way. You just said, okay, good for me. I, I'm okay. So hopefully those won't come back to bite us sometime. So just, we did a, an episode a few weeks back with Chris Landis uh, from Landis Architects and Builders in the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, Chris has been on the sales end of this discussion for many, many years, gave us some great ideas about the sales process and how do we get the client through that process. Today, we're going to be looking at it a little bit more from the production side. So once the job is passed from sales to production, you know, how do we make sure that the client really does understand. And another question I'd, I really want to ask our guest is something along the lines of, is it realistic for production to assume that sales covered everything, that sales, you know, 100% got the client to agree to every little thing, or is that too big of an assumption? So uh, let's get started, Steve. All right. So Aaron Gakey is the production manager at Cross, a luxury remodeling firm in San Antonio, Texas. Aaron has been with the company for just over a year now and has a background in custom cabinet building and commercial construction sales. Prior to coming to Cross, Aaron, or Rev as they call him at Cross, served 11 years as the pastor of a church near San Antonio. Rev now manages a team of four project managers, one project coordinator, two construction supervisors, and 10 field personnel. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. So glad to be here. 
All right. So give us a little bit more about uh, how Cross is set up, maybe even with this idea of, you know, how many salespeople do you have and how does a job get over to production? Because that'll be part of our conversation as we move forward. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Cross is set up like uh, our tagline is that we're a luxury remodeling firm. And so we, uh, we have a great team up front that does a lot of weeding out of potential clients ahead of time. Uh, and so when somebody calls in, uh, it's not necessarily a given that we're going to be trying to get their business. We're trying to make sure that they fit into our clientele market. And so I think that's a really important part of what we do. It helps to really get rid of a lot of the headaches ahead of time. Um, to have our marketing director um, and then our salespeople really weed through and let them know, here's what you're going to be getting with us. And in that luxury market for us, what that means is you need to know that we're not going to be the cheapest bid out there. Um, and what you're going to get for that, uh, we think is worth it, but we need to make sure that you think it's worth it as well. So uh, yeah, the, we have two sales uh, people. Uh, the owner of our company is uh, runs the sales and also the development part. Uh, we have an, an, es, uh, an estimator, a draftsman, and a designer who worked uh, the front end with our sales staff. And then once they go through the process of letting our clients know, it's, it's about right now, uh, goodness gracious, about a 10-week pro uh, process if, to go through the whole design uh, and, and get it to the point where maybe we could even sign something. But then uh, once it gets signed, uh, the sales department turns it over to me and I assign it to one of our project managers and we, uh, we begin the handoff process, pre-construction meetings, et cetera. So there's a lot of hands involved in this package before it gets to production. And then even as it goes into production, I'm, I'm thinking of that telephone game, right? Where somebody tells <laughs> somebody something and then the next thing. So there is room in here for some confusion and so we're going to talk about how to mitigate some of that as we move forward. Now, right. in, the, uh, in the bio uh, that Steve read, it mentioned that you were a pastor for a church. I believe it said 11 years. And so just uh, tell us a little bit about that. And, uh, and maybe, again, from the idea of um, how does that impact the way that you deal with clients and with your people there uh, at, uh, at Cross? Yeah, a whole boatload of grace and forgiveness, you know. <laughs> um, there's a it, it it does play out in in how the relationships work because it you know in the in the church game as well as in in the uh, construction game, you got to be careful how you navigate relationships, and you can't just say, "Well, I hate this person, I'm not going to work with them," um, or you can't assume that everybody's out to get you. We have different people with different kinds of personalities. And if you're going to be a team and you want the best for everybody, you got to kind of figure out where they're coming from and maybe what some of their uh, common tendencies are uh, so that you can best communicate with them. Um, one of the pastors who had been there before I was at the church said, uh, someone else's 10 might be my six. In other words, when they, when they say, you know, how, how bad is this? Oh, it's a 10 on my scale. Well, that might be a six for me. So it's kind of figuring out where, where we fall on those uh, on those scales is helpful as well and then just honestly caring about people i once worked for a uh, home builder uh, years ago who had a uh, concept called mopfi m-o-p-f-i which was make other people feel important and i 
I disagreed with that concept because I don't think we need to make other people feel important. We need to recognize that they are important. It's not, it shouldn't be something that we have to manufacture. Know these people are important. Know that they've got a lot of stress going into this whole thing. They're putting up a lot of money and a lot of trust in people to take walls out and all that kind of stuff and invade their private space. Um, and you got to sympathize with that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Although I will say, Aaron, there are some people that even though they are very important, they don't feel it. And mm-hmm. I, I think you probably understand that as Absolutely. well. So there, there is a little bit of, of that helping them feel important. So again, going back to what this listener wrote in to me, they said, you know, how do I get my clients to understand the plans and scope? So when I ask that question, what pops like what pops into your head? What's like your immediate response to that? The first thing that pops into my head is that uh, 90 plus percent of the time, our clients are not going to be construction experts. And so we can't assume that the terminology we're using is stuff that they're going to understand, that the uh, concepts that we're talking about is stuff that they're going to get um, even uh that they learn the same way we do. I can walk into a a new potential project with our owner and he can say, Hey, we're going to take out this wall. We're going to put an LVL up here. We're going to have this cantilever out this way and all this kind of stuff. And the client may be sitting right there nodding their head, but actually they don't have a clue what we're actually saying. And if we say, well, we had that conversation, uh, the client (laughs) goes, well, yes, you were there and you said things, but I didn't know uh, uh, at all what you meant. And so, I think the first step is just understanding and assuming that our client is not a construction expert and and learning who that client is and how they best learn. It's amazing. And I've done it. I don't know how many times in my lifetime where I went, yeah, 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 yeah. Not understanding a thing. And it's amazing how many times that happens in life and it happens certainly. And you're out, you know, what is LVL? You know, it's like, who knows what that is. And so, uh, yeah, so they're not there. They called us because they're not experts. And I think and that's, it tends, to me, it tends to be the, the husbands or the men who, who want to uh, look like they know something, want to think that, oh, yeah, you know, because the other thing is they know a lot of people have been taken advantage of by other remodeling firms or construction, and they don't want to be taken advantage of. So they don't want to look like they don't know it. And so I think it's important for us to say, you might already understand all this, but I'm going to run through it again just to make sure that the terminology is clear and just to make sure that I've communicated everything. I, I always try to take the onus on myself so I don't make them have to kind of own up and admit that they don't know what we're talking about. All right. Okay. So I, I alluded in the intro to this, this challenge of production, kind of assuming that sales has covered every base, the client understands every little thing. And now all I have to do is build the thing because the client will love what I'm gonna build. And so what kind of responsibility do you see for you and your production team in terms of making sure that the client understands what's in that scope and what's in the plans and what you're gonna be building? I think that if the, if the production team uh, really loves difficult situations, really loves um, having to explain changes that the client didn't anticipate, really loves the 
hectic nature of, of trying to get something uh, through uh, a very difficult client, then they have no responsibility at all to make sure that the sales um, <laughs> communicated what they needed to. If they want the, the project to be on time, relatively on budget and a client that's going to give a good review and maybe even referrals, then it absolutely falls in everybody's lap to make sure things are understood, uh, not just once, but multiple times throughout the process. And so, uh, again, one of the tactics that I will use starting at the, uh, the first time I'm introduced to the client is I'm going to, I'll say something like, you know, you're going to hear me repeat a lot of things that you've already heard from our salespeople. You're going to hear, and, and it may sound redundant or get old, but there's going to be one or two things that you're going to go, oh, wait, I didn't remember hearing that, or I didn't know that. So bear with me as I repeat things, because I just want to make sure that we're covering all of our bases. And so I give, because some people are just drivers, they want to go, 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 and they don't want to hear repetition. Understood, but we got to make sure that we cover everything. Other people want to hear it again and again, and that makes them comfortable. So to acknowledge that up front, that I know I'm doing this, sometimes we'll kind of bring that, that uh, objection down. Okay, so that's like the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's just imagine the job has passed beyond you. It's one of your site supervisors or, or you know, one of, at that level within your company. What are you training them to do so that... <laughs> So that you have less of the client come to them and saying, I didn't know that was going to happen, or I didn't, or or, nobody told me about this, or wasn't I supposed to get that? What what are they doing to Mm kind of offset the fact that we know the client doesn't understand the plans and the scope, and we don't want to have that trauma? What, what, What are you training them to do? Again, I think the hard part of it is that we understand that we're the experts in this. And, and we may absolutely know 100% that we are right about what's going on, but that doesn't matter. And I know when I used to do marriage counseling, I often would have to ask, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And, um, and the thing is with, with a client, you know, sometimes you can be right but still empathize. And it's more important sometimes to, to understand where a client is than it is to be right about it because the client can say, well, I didn't understand this, or you didn't say that. And you can, you can show them a hundred different ways. I'm right. But if you show them, Hey, I understand this is, I can understand how that would really make you hurt, how you, that would make you feel like you were being lied to. I don't want to do anything like that. Would you feel more comfortable if we kind of just halted right here for a second and we could bring so-and-so back into the conversation, make sure that we're understanding what everything was promised. Let's take a look at the contract again and, and let's try to find, and just to, instead of, instead of pounding them with numbers and things like this, you may get the job done. Uh, but again, I think at least in our business uh, at Cross, uh, repeat referrals is huge for us. And we're not going to get sure. that if we just, if we just told them we're right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just thinking here to myself about personality and how uh, we've done a podcast fairly recently uh, with Jeremy Kelly from Back Construction. Two of them actually. We talked a lot about personalities, and I'm a very on the disc side of it. I'm a very high S, high C, mm-hmm. and so I can envision. I think a lot of carpenters are uh, maybe not as many site supervisors, but possibly, but I can see my personality 
just going like, no, 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 look at the details. The details are what matter that, you know, I, and not so much that I have to be right, but it's the details that matter. So just give us a little, and I know you're familiar with the personality stuff, but give us sure. a little bit of a feel here for how personality plays into this conversation, particularly on site. I think that asking questions is never off. I mean, you always have to ask questions and sometimes, you know, um, I, I just ask leading questions. Sometimes I'll excuse myself before the question. I'll say, this may sound very forward, or this may sound, you know, you, you feel free to hit me if you think this is wrong of me to ask, but I just want to, I want to, I want to put this out in front of you. Um, when we're asking questions, like one of the things that I ask almost every uh, employee um, evaluation that I do, um, I ask, when you do something well, and you're going to be recognized for that, how do you like to be recognized? Do you want to be called up in front of the company and everybody clap for you? Do you want a pat on the back? Do you want a gift card? What is it? Because everybody receives, like I could call, you know, Bob up in front of the company and he might say, don't ever do that to me again. Right. Um, right. And, and so with a client, what we, what we might ask is, how do you, how do you receive information the best? Is it text messages? Is it emails? Is it phone calls? And when there's a difficult concept to understand, are you more of an auditory learner or do you learn from visual perspective things? Um, would it help you if I laid this out, like taped out to where this wall is going to be on the floor? We had one recently where um, a roof line that the architect had designed was going to infringe on an existing window that would be, uh, that window is going to be coming out in phase two, but the client, this was the focal point of their house. They want to know how much is it going to infringe? So we put an extension ladder up and we taped out exactly where it was going to come into that window. Can you deal with this for the next, you know, uh, six months until we get to phase two? Um, and the answer was no. Uh, so we had to come up with something else. Uh, but I think they were very thankful that we took the time to show them visually exactly what was going to happen because just explaining it, you know, and what six inches to me is different than six inches to somebody who's never read a tape measure. Yeah. And also like six months to me is not like no big deal. I can live with it. But for somebody else, obviously they don't want to, maybe they could, but they don't mm -hmm. want to live with it. They want a different. So when do you ask, when do you actually ask these questions? Like not, not so much the questions during the incident, but like, when do you try to find out, like, how do you, how do you want to be communicated with? What's the best style? What's the best time? What are those, you know, those opportunities so that we can make sure that we uh, don't have as many of these things as could be? What, when does all that take place? So with a typical job, um, our, our sales and development team has been in front of the client for a number of weeks, but our production team has only really first gets to meet them at our pre-construction meeting. Okay. And so it's during that time when I will introduce the client to our project manager and say, you know, this is a person who is an expert here in keeping things on time and on budget. And I'm here to make sure that, you know, everything's being communicated well. Um, and so what I want to just ask these few questions, uh, to make sure that we've got the best way to communicate with you, because sometimes I know it's hard, but we have to make decisions really quick sometimes. And sometimes they can last a little bit longer. So those times when I need to get something from you really quick, what's the best way to get that from you? And if you need to make a decision and you need to, you're having trouble understanding it, what's the best way for me to show that to you? Um, you know, do I need to draw a picture? Do we need to, 
you know, have a computer diagram, what, what, what's going to work best for you. Now, do you do any kind of follow-up with the client, you as the production manager, you're obviously not on site every day. You've already told the client that your project managers are the experts at doing this and this and this. Do you do any follow-up with the client just to see how they're feeling about their project manager? Oh, never, because everything always goes perfectly with us. We, oh, yeah. we, we never wow. have any, we never have any issues. I mean, <laughs> no. It must um, be San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, it, you know, every, every job is going to have some, some ups and downs. And so I do try to, my uh, project managers will have a weekly meeting with the client, uh, usually on site. And um, I will try to make as many of those as I can, okay. just so that I am kind of popping in. Because if there is an issue, the client likes to know, like if there's an issue with the project manager, the client likes to know there's somebody who's not the project manager that I can go to, right. uh, who's up the chain, if you want to call it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So an awful lot of what we're talking about here just seems to be basic communication strategies, if you will. So let's kind of just, and I know uh, your experience as a pastor, as well as other uh, experiences have kind of got this communication thing beat Mm -hmm. into you. So what are some other very simple communication techniques that will help (laughs) make sure the client knows what we're doing or what we're saying. Uh, Particularly, again, looking at it from that production side, we're on site, project managers talking to the client. What are some of the things that you're asking the project managers to do that's just purely communication? Sure. Um, Well, the first one I would talk about is what I call, I think it's called reflective listening. That's what I've always called it. And it's, it's when I speak to somebody and I share with them what, uh, what's in my head, then, or, or they share with me what's in their head, I say, okay, if I'm hearing you right, I always start off that, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying this, 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 and this. And that gives them the opportunity to say, yes, exactly, or no, that's not quite what I'm saying. And okay. so it gives that back and forth, you know, um, that, that you, you can clarify until they say, yep, you've got it. Same goes the other way. They're probably not going to be proactive in asking me, hey, if I'm hearing you right, this. But I can say, hey, you know what? I just want to do a little something to make sure that I've communicated this well to you. Could you repeat back to me what you understand about what we just talked about, just so that I make sure that I've covered everything? And generally, people are pretty willing to do that. You know, some people are fast paced and they want to go, go, go. And don't feel like they have time for it. But if you've made that effort, uh, I think it pays off dividends. Yeah, so that's a really important uh, thing. What I immediately think is it's it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This is not something that we do naturally, and you have to force yourself to do it. But the thing, I really liked what you said to say, you take the responsibility for the communication. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. In other words, the question from our listener was, how do I make sure the client understands? Mm -hmm. And maybe the question really ought to be, how do I make sure I communicate? I think that's right. And I think it's also, you know, if you know that in communication, there is generally some discomfort or, uh, you know, "Ah, if I ask this question, am I going to look weird or whatever? Take that on yourself. Just, you know, be, be the person who will take that on yourself and say, 
you know, this probably is going to sound weird the way I'm going to say this, but I'm a weird person. So here we go. <laughs> um, and, and we just go through and man, no harm, no foul. Right. And I'm the only one that I've insulted in that whole point. And usually the, usually the people who receive that are, uh, are thankful that I've taken the time to, to do something like that. Aaron, when you are, so you said something that I really thought was awesome when you're going through with a client and specifically around decision-making and you say, you know, how do you like to learn things? Is it auditory? Is it visual? Um, where is that documented in the process and, and how much does that carry on down the line? Like the carpenter gets that everybody can see that so they can prepare for that. Mm-hmm. How's that information go down the line? I think the, I think one of the very important things in the whole um, the whole process is making sure that we know as a team who's communicating with the client. Because if the client's coming to me and my project manager and my construction supervisor, they may get a similar answer each time, but it might be slightly different. And if they learn that, they might work that to their advantage. <laughs> right, you know, right, try and right. well, you know, Rev said this and Sonny said this, and you know, yeah. well, hold on, hold on. Um, and so when we have an issue that the client emails about us, uh, emails us about or whatever, we communicate internally and, and we have a, a very frequent communication, daily communications about these jobs. And, say, and we also, uh, we use Builder Trend here. And so we'll upload uh, little bits of information about the client accepted this today. Uh, the lead time on such and such is going to be that. And it helps us to understand um, and I, I have been trying to instruct my, um, you know, if the construction supervisors ask something uh, that maybe he's not sure of or not sure what we would have said, he'll say, you know, let me get with the project manager on that and she'll get back to you because she's the one who's supposed to be communicating to the client um, on those things. Does that answer the question? Absolutely. All yeah. right, cool. So you mentioned this thing about you know, getting the ladder out and marking it with the blue tape and things like that. And I, 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 in our pre-show communication, one of the things that you mentioned was uh, fuzzy concepts Mm -hmm. and using visuals. And I think, again, from my vantage point, I'm a very visual person. I think a lot of people are and visuals certainly help. Give us some examples of of how that might play out in construction just to make sure the client understands. Right. Um, I, I think that, like you say, you know, pictures can, can do quite a bit. Anything that's 3D does even better, and anything that they can hold and touch is going to be even better. And so if it's cabinet finishes, you know, uh, a picture of a cabinet finish is much different than seeing, a, you know, a, an example right there in front of you that they can hold up next to whatever they're doing. Um, and and going through the trouble, you know, asking the question is, are you, sh- you know, is there anything else that would help you make this decision uh, or that would make it a little bit more clear to you? And because it may be something just super simple that we're not thinking of. Um, there's, you know, again, taping things out, um, making a little mock-up of a, of a joint, just so, well, this is what herringbone means, you know, or this is, right. this is what a, a, a dovetail is, you know, so. Okay. Yeah, I remember I'm remembering here an incident that I, this actually backfired on me one time. A client wanted their vanity to be four feet tall, right? So four foot, 48. And so I took a piece of plywood 
And I nailed it up in the corner where the vanity was supposed to be. And we were walking through the house and I said, I just want you to understand this is how high your vanity will be. Are you sure that's what you want? And I got an earful about how I should never question the, you know, that, that client gave me an earful. Mm. So I remember, mm. but I do agree with you that yeah. it's always, a, I think it was good for me to check anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, I, you know how the, you know how the exception is always the rule, right? So right. I'm throwing the exception out there, but I think most clients will appreciate that. And yeah, and some people, honestly, some people just live to be upset. (laughs) You know, there, and and you have to understand that and you have to say, okay, well, this one, this one's our client now. And we, we deal with that personality and maybe we, maybe that's our impetus to just produce this job faster. <laughs> well, you know, it, it would, it would all, it would obviously be a lie for me to say everything else had gone smoothly up to that point. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot build up there. So Aaron, this has been amazing. So as we are wrapping up here, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about expectations mm-hmm. and because expectations are, are those real challenges where we might not even know, Mm-hmm. what the client is expecting. And then it backfires on us when we do something different or something like that. So, so how do unmet expectations kind of fit into this conversation? I, I think if you were to boil it down, you know, take a look at most of the conflicts that you've had on any of the projects you've worked on, you could probably say that a good portion of them boil down to expectations not being met whether it's a timeline expectation, a budget expectation, or a final expectation. It's not, you know, this isn't the quality that I was thinking I was going to get, or this isn't the color I was going to get, whatever it might be. Um, and so, first of all, there's a, a continued, again, a continued dialogue where, we, where we're asking, you know, what is your understanding of, of what's going to be happening here? I just want to make sure that we're on the same page with that. And uh, if it's not, then we can say, okay, well, Here's, here's what was drawn up and written up and what you're asking for over here, we can do that. Um, it's going to be a little bit different and it's going to be some time and some money. Um, <laughs> but if you're, if you're willing to do that, we can certainly, you know, make those and, and just having the honest conversations. I think a big, a big part of it too, is just don't avoid the hard topics. Right. It, if you notice something's wrong, call the client as soon as you notice it and don't let them find it first. And then, and so when, when you can have expectations, um, be a better idea what they're, but then expectations uh, that we have of our clients, don't expect them to be construction experts. Don't expect them to remember every word that you say. Don't expect them to remember every conversation. If you have a conversation, follow it up with an email. Say, we talked about this, remember? And, you know, that I talk to all my project managers. If you're having a phone conversation, follow it up with an email always because then then it's just doubled up yeah and and um i think the job logs like in builder trend or any of the Mm -hmm. cloud-based systems can be used for that kind of thing it gives it creates the backup but also gives the client a chance to say no that's not what i meant yeah absolutely And, and, and so every time that you give the opportunity to the client to say i don't think you understand me or that's not what i meant or that is what I meant. Thank you very much. You increase the chances of them not being disappointed. Mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe that's just one way to, to look at it. 
Yeah. One of my best friends likes to say expectations ruin relationships. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? We all, we all have expectations and that, yeah. you know, if yep. they're not dealt with, they certainly can ruin relationships. Well, this has been really, really good, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out. I really appreciate the perspective from your background. Just my pleasure us to bring it into the, you know, construction world. And uh, I, I uh, certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Aaron. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Tim, this is uh, one of those things. I always get flashbacks when we do these, <laughs> this type of uh, show, but I can think of a number of different clients where, you know, what Aaron's saying is information I could have used, you know, along the way. Yeah. So there's just a bunch of, of hot points for me. Understand that everybody's important. You know, yep. your clients are important. 90% of the clients that you have are not construction experts. And the one I'm going to add this and the ones that think they are, aren't right. Own the conversation. Don't assume that the client knows or understands own the conversation and make sure, or the communication, I think is what I want to want to say. Um, repeat, use that reflective listening thing, even though it might make you feel uncomfortable and then the one that I think kind of overshadows all of them is get away from this feeling like, look, we're right. You're, yeah. the, you're the client. You don't understand. You don't know what you're talking about. Here, let me prove it to you by the scope and by the plans. Now, again, for people, personality like me, I think that's our jump to. We go there and we go like, let me show you where you're not right. This is what's right. Where, and I think Aaron had a great way of, and I think, Going back to the podcast with Jeff Borovitz, the idea of a softening statement yeah. is really, really clear. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it because that idea of softening the situation first and then talking about, okay, yeah, let's, let's talk about what's in the plans and the scope. And we understand how you feel about this. And in other words, instead of just jumping to the, hey, I'm right, you don't understand and that's just the way it is. So I, I just, those are kind of the big points for me that came out of this thing. Yeah. And it's so important that there's an umbrella of communication techniques that are going to deal with yeah. all different types of clients. Yeah. I mean, I had a very abrasive client who made decisions like that. And, you know, but then there's people that are so kind and nice. And then it took three days to pick a yeah. color. Yeah. And so, there's just different ways. And, and the way Aaron kind of lays it out is, uh, you know, it was just, it handles all of these situations and different clients. I think if you look at the last several podcasts in our series with Jeff Borowitz, uh, Jeremy Kelly, and then with Aaron, and even with Chris Landis, the whole concept of communication is just popping out as a, incredibly big tool for particularly for project managers but production managers as well in terms of how do i navigate clients and staff to really help us get the best out of these jobs yeah well this has been so cool and uh we really want to thank aaron geeky of cross for joining us today and we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the tim fowler show 
And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working really hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.